You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to our In Conversation programme. Every week we talk to a sporting personality to find out just what makes them tick. From their early childhood, to their professional career, to their musical tastes. We cover it all. So sit back and enjoy as we talk to this week's special guest. Here on Three Valleys Radio. Well, I'm delighted to welcome this week's guest, and it's Stephen Corker. Well, good evening, Stephen. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, it's been 14 years since we last spoke, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. Um, 14 long years. Yeah. Um, but I still, hold you, I still hold you very fondly in my memory. Oh, that's a nice thing to say. Thanks, mate. Can you remember the very first day that you came down to Yeovil Town? No. I can't. I can't. <laughs> well, it would have been, been Ryan Mason. Yeah, it was. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll enlighten you. I mean, basically... Um, we, uh, Gary Johnson was the manager at Yeovil at the time. Or no, maybe he wasn't actually thinking about it. No, maybe it was Terry no, Skiverton. Yeah, Terry Skiverton, wasn't yeah. it? Because Terry had an, a, a contact at Spurs, which enabled him to get yeah. you guys down. And, and as I remember it, there was you, uh, John O'Beaker, Andros Townsend, Ryan Mason, and Danny Hutchins as well. He came at some stage, I think. So we had about That's five correct. or six from, from Tottenham. Yeah. And I remember yeah. in particular one occasion we were sat out in the stands trying to do an interview with all five of you and everybody was rolling up with laughter and it was an impossibility in the end. Can you remember that? I actually recall that. I remember. I do. I do recall yeah. it now. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it was in the three of us because Andros was there the year before. Oh, right, yeah. And uh, and, and, and I'm not sure where Danny was at that time but or, or John. One of, one of us was missing at that time. But yeah. I, I was definitely there and Ryan was definitely yeah. there. I, I remember yeah. that well, yeah. yeah. No, I do remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably my first... It's probably my first ever interview. Yeah, so well, there you go. Side. I gave you all your media yeah. training in, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was learning on the job. I yeah. was like, so yeah. young. Yeah, no, that's right. You learn as you went along, so, yeah, but, no, but, good memories. But, but let's, let's go back to Yeovil a minute. Um, when you when you arrived, obviously, uh, you were 18, I think, and um, you were born in 17. Feltham in England, uh, yeah. which is just near Hounslow, isn't it? Because I know I was... I yeah. was I was yeah. um, I was born in Ealing, which is not that far from there, and I'm sure yeah. you you know where Ealing is. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, well, yeah. you um, you started playing at Tottenham in your youth career, and yeah. uh, eventually, after it says here, you played one game which your coach had suggested that you did at uh, centre half rather than at midfield, and you had seven people after you all of a sudden. Is that right? Yeah, it just came from nowhere. So I've been playing midfield the whole time. Yeah. Um, hadn't quite, hadn't quite got um, to the level I was hoping to get to in terms of academies and getting signed up. And then I, I played as a centre half, and it, and it, and it all just came at once. And, yeah. Um, I then went on to, to to train at Tottenham 
um, on a trial, put one training session, one training game, and and I was signed. Mm. So the rest is history. So I mean, that happened quite late. I was only I was, I was 15 at the time, um, and I'd sort of been 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 on trial since the age of eight. So yeah, yeah. it was definitely that change in position that sort of swung it for me. Yeah, and obviously you were tall, weren't you? Six foot three. So I mean, from a centre half yeah. point of view, that's a good sort of height to be. And so yeah. somebody obviously suggested you come down to Yeovil Town with with Ryan and um, John Abika, and um, yeah. well, that's where we sort of touched base. Really. Now you had a, a stomping season for Yeovil Town. You you won, as I recall, every blooming cup that was going. Yeah, it was do you remember? The... I don't. I, I go on. Sorry, I was going to say. Do you remember? It was it was the last game of the season, and and it was like you know the Sons of Sunso Cup, Stephen Corker, and it kind of. Went on, and I remember you, you must have won every cup that was going. I think that particular year. Oh, I, I I remember it, and you know what? I was actually going to ask you the other day if you could possibly find that photo because I don't know where it is, but I would love to have that. As obviously, it's, it's one of my best memories as as a footballer. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was it was it was a great year, um, great club, like family club, isn't it? Mm. And it's just like for me to step into that club. Um, I was actually 17 at the age. I think Ryan was 18, so uh, mm. so was John. Um, yeah. But to step there as as, as such a, a young player at the time, a young man at the time, like yeah. that club was really really good to me because I just felt like um, everyone was together. You had people there of different ages on different journeys, but we just had a togetherness. And yeah. um, you know, we had other, we had a few other lone boys, Alex McCarthy at the time, Sean McDonald. Um, it was good. It was really, really good. And um, I had obviously Skiver was the was the gaffer, but Jonesy as an assistant, and things just worked well. It things did. Just worked really well. Yeah. And not only that, I mean Skivo, I don't know quite how he did it, but I mean he he managed to get some really good players. I mean you mentioned a couple there: Sean McDonald, Alex um, uh, Alex McCarthy, mm-hmm. yourself, well the five of you from Spurs. I mean it was brilliant, really. It was some some great names, and we were lucky to get those sort of players, really. And then. I'm just as I'm speaking to you. I'm just looking for a book of it, which is um, you were voted into this team of the decade. Did you remember that one? Yeah, I do. Uh, I, do. So, yeah. I came. I came. I came down to receive the award. Yeah, that's uh, right. I'm yeah, not, I'm not I'm not sure where I was playing at the time, but I, I came down to to get the award one afternoon. Yeah, and, no, um, there's no. Well, there is one picture of you in it, but it's not the one I want. But I'll, I'll have to let me explain to you again. Um, there's a website which has been taken down for various reasons I won't go into now, but it's going to be back up fairly shortly. Um, and I know that there are 2,000 odd, uh, 2,000, 25,000 odd photographs on it. And I'm sure that okay. somewhere in there is that photograph. So you might have to leave it with me for a few weeks because I've got to obviously find it, but I'm sure I can find something for you. So don't worry about that. Okay, wicked, thank you. <coughs> Excuse me. So you moved on again then to uh, eventually in 2010 to Bristol City on loan. Um, how yeah. did that come about? I mean, and obviously, were you sorry to leave Yeovil Town? Yeah, I just felt like I mean, I, I played near enough every game that season. I think I may have missed two games mm. um, because of international duty at the time. I was called up to England under 19s, and yeah. obviously, the under 19s don't have the same international breaks as, as the um, as the seniors in the 21. So, so I only missed two games that year. I loved it, absolutely loved it. Made a lot of good friends, friends for life, friends of. Friends, I'm still in touch with today. Yeah. Um, obviously, was 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 success, success on the pitch as you, as you mentioned, and um, and Bristol City, I think, obviously being so close down the road, had had I guess watched me and um, felt that 
you know that I could step up and mm. uh, and do do a job at the next level. So um, Bristol City it was, and 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 I went there and and, and I equally enjoyed my time. Um, a lot of fond memories of, of of playing for Bristol as well. Um, it was just, for, I mean, as far as I was concerned, it was just obviously an opportunity as a, as an 18 year old at that point to go and play championship football. So. Um, I wasn't going to turn that down. Um, oh. I think everybody at Yeovil understood that and uh, and wished me well. Yeah, no, I, I can. You know, you've got to go for it. I mean, you at that age, and if the opportunities are there, yeah. you've got to grasp them, haven't you? Really? Now let's hear the first of Stephen's musical choices, and it's in the club with Fifty Cents. Go, 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 Charlie. It's your birthday. We gon' party like it's your birthday. We gon' sip a cardi like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give a fuck it's not your birthday. You'll find me in the club, bottle full of bub. Look, mommy, I got the head sitting in the taking drugs. I'm in the having sex, I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug, get in the getting rough. You can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. Look, mommy, I got the head sitting in the taking drugs. I'm in the having sex, I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug, get in the getting rough. When I pull up out front, you see the Benz on dub. Uh-huh. When I roll 20 deep, it's 29s in the club. Niggas yeah. heard I fuck with Dre, now they wanna show me love. When you sell like Eminem and the hoes, they wanna fuck. But homie, ain't nothing change, hold down, G's up. I see exhibit in the cut, they nigga roll that weed up. Roll that watch how I move and mistake before I play up here. Been hit with a few shells, but now I walk with a limp. In the hood, in the lay, they saying 50, you hot. Uh-huh. They like me, I want them to love me like they love pop. But holla in New York. Niggas to tell you I'm local. Yeah. The plan is to put the rap game in the choke. I'm full of focus, man. My money on my mind. Got a meal out the deal and I'm still in the grind. That shorty says she feelin' my style, she feelin' my flow. Uh-huh. A girl from Woody, they buy and they ready to go. Okay. I'm in the club, bottle full of bub. Look, mommy, I got the head sick in the taking drugs. I'm in the having sex, I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug, get in the getting rough. You can find me in the club. Bottle full of bub, look, mommy, I got the head sick in the taking drugs. I'm in the having sex, I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug, get in the getting rough. My show brought me to go. That brought me all my fancy things. My crib, my cars, my clothes, my shoes. Look, nigga, I done came more and I ain't changed. And you should love it way more than you hate it. Nigga, you mad? I thought that you'd be happy I made it. I'm that cat by the bar, toasting to the good life. You that faggot ass nigga trying to pull me back, right? My junk, get the bumping in the club. It's on. I'm with my eyes, you bitch. If she smiles, she gone. Hit the roof on fire, let the motherfucker burn. To talking about money, homie, I ain't. I'ma tell you what banks for me, cause go ahead, switch the style up. If niggas hate to let them hate them, watch the money pile up. And we can go upside the head with a bottle of bull. They know where we fucking be. You can find me in the club, bottle full of bull. Look, mommy, I got the head sitting in the taking drugs. I'm in the having sex, I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug, be in the getting rough. You can find me in the club, bottle full of bull. Look, mommy, I got the head sitting in the taking drugs. I'm in the having sex, I ain't in the making love. So come give me
club and it was 50 cents. So um, who was the manager of Bristol Road, uh, Bristol Road, Bristol City at the time? Who was it? Was it Gary Johnson or Keith Millen? No, uh, Keith Millen. Keith yeah, Millen. Keith Millen. Yeah. Yeah, Keith Millen at the time. So, um, yeah, we had, a, we, had a, we, had a, we had a good year there. Again, I enjoyed it. Unfortunately, I, my season ended a little early with, with an injury, to, mm. up a knee injury. But, um, no, I enjoyed it. And it was obviously a great experience to, to, to play championship football. And I just really enjoyed my time. Like, you know, now I've been playing for, what, 14 years, I believe. Um, mm. Sort of moving across the country, playing in different countries. I can honestly look back and go, you know what, playing in the sort of West Country, Oval, Bristol, all around that sort of area for me is um, is a nice, it's nice, it's a nice, it's a nice place to live, and I think the clubs, you know, both them clubs really sort of have a have a special feel to them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then you had another loan to Bristol. Sorry, I can't even read my own writing here. Swansea City on loan, twenty six appearances there. So um, yeah. you know, you were building up the experience bank pretty well, weren't you? Yeah, definitely. So the Swansea City move again was was sort of a, another step up. Um, I had the chance to go and, and, and play you know Premier League football under Brenda Rogers, and um, that's what I always dreamt of as a kid. You know, to get that opportunity. So um, yeah, I had a, I, again. I I was unfortunate with an injury. I actually did the opposite knee um, <laughs> that, 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 that same year. So yeah. it was about six months after the time at Bristol. I'd done the other knee and I was out for three months, which is which is why I didn't quite complete a full season. But um, but still, 26 games was good. was was um, mm-hmm. a great experience. And um, I got to play against Thierry Henry on his return from, from, uh, from America. So uh, incredible. Ticked off a lot of things at you know, a really young age. Did you manage to keep him under control? Thierry, uh, we won the game. We oh, won the well, game. That's so a start I'll, then, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare say I kept Thierry under control, but we won the game. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, a great experience. So you stayed in Wales then for a while. In 2013, you moved to Cardiff City. Um, that yeah. was that wasn't a loan. Um, how did no, that? How did it come about, and what did you make of it? Yeah, so I, I went back to Tottenham. Um, after Swansea and um, had a had a decent year there, but I, I just I was young, I was impatient. Um, I'd probably been spoiled during my time at Yeovil, Bristol, and Swansea, where I sort of played every game that I was available for. And at Tottenham, it wasn't like that. You know, we had five, mm. six, seven halves, and it was we were being rotated. And I mean, I still ended up playing twenty-seven games that year, but I wanted to play forty-seven. I wanted to play every Europa League game, every FA Cup, every Carling Cup, and, yeah. and every league game. So it. On reflection, I was impatient and I was I was um, not ready for my body was ready, let's say, but my head wasn't. Yeah. And, um, and unfortunately, uh, I couldn't see what I had in front of me. So I, I I wanted to go and play somewhere where I felt wanted and loved. And and um, Cardiff offered me that that opportunity under under Malky Mackay. And um, the first six months there were fantastic, and and, and I loved every minute of it. Um, Unfortunately, Malky was then sacked for, for various off off the field um, issues, and um, we we were, we were taken over by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and uh, uh-huh. it just it just was it just wasn't to be. I mean, we mm. we were eleventh in the table at the, at, uh, at Christmas when when Malky had left, and uh, we finished twentieth. So yeah. we had a really sort of bad run at the end of that season, and um, and it was a shame because uh, you know I, I really felt that. Um, we we had big ambitions, you know. The club had a big budget, and you know, it was, we were planning to go places, but it didn't work out. And 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 that's football. It is indeed. Now I'll tell you a story about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, 
I've been a Man United supporter since 1957, so consequently, mm-hmm. uh, nobody can accuse me of being a you know a glory hunter. We've 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 been through it all. But um, okay. when you played for Cardiff and you came down to Hewish Park, um, obviously, mm-hmm. as you say, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer was the manager. So of course, I homed in being a being a, a proper Oli Gunnar Solskjaer groupie and uh, mm-hmm. got some photographs with him and he signed a, a big photograph I've got of, of him scoring a goal and a lovely bloke mm-hmm. and, and it, um, it led to um, you remember Darren Way well Darren Way I don't know if you know but he had yes, a he had a, he had a yeah. terrible car smash did you hear about it? of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I know Darren Way I know yeah Darren, and yeah. Um, anyway um, Darren and I uh, well they managed to arrange a game against Manchester United Reserves and Darren and I went up to Carrington uh, and I did a, a because of the fact that we'd met him before I did a really long interview with, with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer which for me like it was you know it was like I'd won the Oscars it was fantastic and what a lovely guy yeah, yeah. he was what an and I think Amazing guy. Don't don't you think though that perhaps for football management he was too nice a guy? I agreed. Actually, agreed. You know what? He had such a lovely way about him, and and and, and so in so many cases that um, football managers aren't aren't that nice. No, um, no. So uh, so no, I, I I thought he was great, and and yeah. um, he, you know he did have his, his success at United. I know people talk about the flip side of it, but. Um, I would say a lot of that's media perception. He definitely had a, he definitely made a difference when he oh, went in yeah. there. Yeah, know, definitely. Really, he, he, he definitely. He definitely had a positive impact to begin with, and um, you know, for one reason or another, it didn't work out. But you know, that that again, that that is football. You know, you're managing a dressing room. You're you're, yeah. you're managing the politics that go with it. You know, yeah, so yeah. it's difficult. No, and, and, and no, he's definitely the first year. He was really really effective. I think so. Uh, yeah, good good man, Ollie. More music now, and this time we've got uh, a gentleman called Biggie, or it might be a group, and it's called Hypnotize. Don't think shit, stink, pink gators. My Detroit players, Tim's for my hooligans in Brooklyn. Dead right, if the head right, Biggie there, and I. Papa been smooth since days of under rules. Never lose, never choose to. Bruce Cruz, who? Do something to us, talk go through us. Girls walk to us, wanna do us, screw us. Who us? Yeah, Papa and Puff. Close like Starsky and Hutch, stick to clutch. Yeah, I squeeze three at your cherry M3. Bang every MC easily. Take Recently, Niggas frontin' ain't sayin' nothing, so I just speak my peace, keep my peace. Cubans with the Jesus peace, with you. my peace, packin', askin' who want it. You got it, nigga, flaunt it. That Brooklyn bullshit, we on it. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken, you're so fake. Biggie, 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 uh-huh. can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken, you're so fake. I put Jose NY onto DKNY. Uh-huh. Miami, D.C. preferred Versace. Mm, right. All Philly hoes know it's Moschino. Every cutie with the booty for the coochie. Now who's the real dookie? Meaning who's really the shit? The niggas ride this. Frank White pushed the six or the Lexus. LX, four and a half. Bulletproof glass tents if I want some ass. Gonna blast squeeze first. Ask questions last. That's how most of these so-called gangsters pass. At last, a nigga rapping about blunts and broads. Tits and bras, menage Sex and expensive cars I still leave you on the pavement Condo paid for, uh-huh. no car payment uh-huh. At my arraignment, 
note for the plaintiff. Your daughter's tied up in the Brooklyn basement. Face it, not guilty. That's how I stay too. Richer than rich. So you niggas come and get come on. Biggie, biggie, So he played 38 games for Cardiff, scored five goals according to Wikipedia. I don't know how accurate that is. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. They're usually quite good. Um, and then in 2014, you moved to Queen's Park Rangers. Yeah. How, did, how did that come about? Um, just, unfortunately, we were relegated from back at Cardiff and um, I had a release clause for, for the same price tag that they brought me for, which was the £8 million, And um, yeah. there was a couple of teams on the table um, QPR, Southampton, and Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, and my agent had suggested that QPR would be the best option. I certainly didn't feel that way at the time, and and um, took a lot of persuasion and and, and a long time to, to make that decision. Eventually, I I took the plunge and I joined QPR to to play alongside Rio Ferdinand, who for me was was one of the best to yeah. play the game. And um, it was just not to be um that year was was a difficult year for, for for me on and off the pitch i think my problems by that point were um were becoming uh, clear for, mm. for all to see and yeah. um it, again it ended in relegation and um a really disappointing year um you know again another club with with a big budget and a lot of potential but um it just didn't have the, the foundations to to really sort of thrive and um it was a uh, it was a, it was a, it was a, for me, a, a sad point looking back. Uh, and I suppose, um, I mean, what does it feel like knowing that somebody's prepared to pay eight million pounds for you? It sounds a lot sounding now, doesn't it? Yeah, oh. I also think the same. But um, I don't know at the time. I guess it took it a little bit for granted, um, in the sense that you're just in it, you know. And granted, maybe not the best way to describe it. You're just in it. It just, it just happens, and it all happens so fast. It, yeah. It's, 
I mean, does, does it does it make you feel? You know, you should, I mean, I can't conceive it because it's it's like my world doesn't include me being bored for eight million, unfortunately. But but you know, I mean, is it something that that that? I mean, do you think that was perhaps a, a little bit of the reason that you you kind of you know you had your problems at that particular time of your career and your life? No, I w no, I wouldn't say so. Uh, I wouldn't say so. I would say that. Um... You know, my issues, I guess, were probably always bubbling away in the background. I mean, even at Yeovil, I was still gambling, you know, yeah, I was still in yeah. the local bookies and stuff. But I mean, it wasn't even legal at that time because I was you know, no. below below the age. But but um, but that was that was definitely a part. You know, it's always been a it's something. It was always there. It's always been a part of me. And I guess it was just kind of timing. So I guess it's kind of QPR. I mean, as well as walking into a dressing room. Uh, that that you know wasn't I mean, it was full of players who weren't happy at the time. It was a lot of players who were sort of ending their career. Yeah, and um, it it just didn't work out. And and then yeah, I, I would definitely say obviously fueled the stuff off the pitch. But it wouldn't be the price tag. The, the price tag is for me mm. is something different. It, I, I never really looked at it and gone, oh my god, I'm worth eight million pounds. It's it, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm now talking about it. It sounds like wow, eight million. But at the time, it's kind of like. It's just kind of the going rate for, mm. for a Premier League footballer. It's kind of like you know, um, and but, that's as you know, it's that's not even middle of the road, is it? It's, it's well, a low no, end. No, no, exactly. Um, but but yeah, having said that, though, end, do, you, do you not think that that having, I mean, presumably your wages were were, were on a par with with what an eight million pound player would get? Did that not yeah. enable in any way? Did that not fuel the fire, as it were, in the fact that you had the money, you could afford to go gambling, and once you start on that road, it's bloody difficult to get off it. Well, as I said, I started gambling from, from, from even before my time at Yeovil. So, mm. I mean, and at Yeovil, I certainly wasn't earning, earning the same wage I was earning at, at QPR and the Premier League. So, I wouldn't necessarily say it was down to the money. I mean, uh, the, way, the way I try to explain to people is if I earned £100 as a compulsive gambler, I would do £110. And yeah. if I earned 1000 I'd do 1100 and so on. And, yeah. and yeah. that's my story, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. it didn't matter how many tens of thousands I was earning, I was doing 11000 for every 10 that I earned. And... Um, it just got out of hand very quickly, and and and, and today I, I see it as an illness. I, I I very much see it as an illness. I was caught up in a in a real nasty addiction um, mm. with the gambling and the alcohol, and and they both sort of fed each other. And um, you know, obviously it had an effect on my career. Not until, as I said, probably that year there at QPR where it really sort of started to kick in. Mm. Um, I'd gotten away with it until then, but mm. um, it eventually catches up with all of us. I suppose it does, yeah. And I mean, you know, I like a bet here and there, but uh, fortunately, I've never got to the stage where you know. But I mean, I can understand it because if anybody that bets can understand it, and it, it, it is yeah. you've got to have you've got to have nerves of steel and will, you know, willpower, mm -hmm. like to to make sure that you don't fall down that. But I mean, how did you how did you manage to kind of you know get it under control? Basically, did you go to sort of Gamblers Anonymous or whatever? Or, or yeah, know? Gamblers Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I had been into to rehab twice. Um, rehab wasn't for me. I didn't feel like it was. Did it feel? Like, I mean, it's part of my journey, and, and it led me to where I am. But it, at that time. I wasn't ready, um, but it definitely sort of, uh, I guess, pointed me in the right direction. And, and later on down the line, once I hit my rock bottom, uh, I then sort of turned back to, to gamblers and honest alcoholics anonymous, and um, mm. I still I still attend their meetings today. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. The fact yeah. that you you can you know you can do that. But I mean, do you still have a bet yeah. now or not? 
No, 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 no. Oh, well, oh, no. I mean, for me, I, it's, it's, it's never something I'll be able to control. If I yeah, if I yeah. have a bet, it will, it will be out of control again. But at least you know that now. I mean, you know, you, you said, the way you said no, no, no. So yeah. you're obviously more than aware of it, and then it, it's like a taboo subject yeah. in a way, so perhaps I shouldn't have mentioned yeah. it. But, you know, no, I, I, I don't no, want to no, sort of, no, you know. No, it's fine. We talk about it all the time in, in the meetings and stuff. And yeah. It's something that, you know, it's, it's part of life. It's around us. I mean, it's Cheltenham this week. It's, it's here there, and everywhere. So mm. people are... People are gambling. If they haven't got a problem with it, no, no you know, yeah. fine. Crack yeah. on. People, people enjoy it, like yourself. But there's obviously, you know, some people who may be listening right now who, who it's a little bit more than fun. And, yeah. um, you know, yeah. and for those people like myself, the consequences are huge. So, yeah. Um, yeah well, thanks for support. thanks for being so open about it because uh, you know I wasn't sure whether you'd want to sort of go into details about it, obviously, and, and who could blame you if you didn't. Yeah. But um, yeah, no so problem. moving on, then you you. Uh, you went out on loan to Southampton in 2015-16. Only played three yeah. times, yeah? Yeah. Not a good time? No, again, it was it was it came off the back of that year at QPR where I was low on competence. Um, I, I'd signed under Southampton under a manager that, that didn't even know my name I'm pretty sure it was Ronald Koeman at the time I'm sure yeah. when I walked into the office he wasn't even aware of who I was yeah um, yeah so I didn't really play and um, yeah just <coughs> just uh, sort of bided my time there if you like just uh, yeah and of course that year was a difficult year ne next up uh, the enemy Liverpool three games yeah the mark the mighty reds yeah so yeah. you look at that year i've played six games so so yeah, yeah so it was it was a bit, a bit strange year for me you know sort of you going back to yeovil where i was playing you know, 40 odd games mm. 17 year old to then and the age i was there 23 24 you know kicking the ball six times in, mm. in a year difficult very different to, to what i was used to um yeah liverpool was amazing amazing experience but um it was very short-lived, very, very short-lived. Yeah. Now, when did this must have been? I'm just looking at the dates of it. You played for England. Uh, you won an only game here against, I don't know, it doesn't say who it was, but you played one game. In Sweden. Sweden. Sweden, was it? Yeah, and you scored, yeah? yeah? Scored, yeah. It was the game where Zlatan then scored his, his, his bicycle kick and uh -huh. uh, stole the show. Yeah, that was his style, though, wasn't it? Stealing the show. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, I mean, what, what was it like playing for England? Incredible experience, yeah. I mean, looking back, uh, again, I probably took it in my stride. It's something that, you know, just kind of happened. Uh, I was playing Premier League football and it was very much becoming the norm. Um, but, you know, looking back, it's, it, is, it is an achievement. Um, it, it's, it's not something that I, I, I go to bed sleeping, go to bed thinking about. But um, it is something, you know, it's when I reflect, that I go, yeah, you know what, that was... That was a a great experience to yeah to yeah. experience playing at the at the highest level. More music, and this time it's Luther Vandross and Dance with My Father. Back when I was a child. For life removed all the innocence My father would lift me high 
and dance with my mother and me and then spin me around till I fell asleep then up the stairs he would carry me and I knew for sure I was loved if I could get another Another walk, another dance with him. I'd play a song that would never, ever end. How I'd love, love, love to dance with my father again. Presumably, um, I mean, I'm looking. At the, I'm just trying to tie the dates together. This must have been slightly before, you know, your your addictions got sort of got the better of you. Would that be a fair way of saying it? Yeah, yeah. So this is dig at about. So I played finger at twenty. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I'd say the, the addiction sort of got the better of me around 24. Yeah. That's when they really sort of, you know, got 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 a hold of me. And you've played since then. You you played for uh, Great Britain in the Olympics, which again must have been a a thrill to do that because not many people do that because we don't often have a, a football team in the Olympics, do we? To be fair. Yeah. No. Exactly. I mean, that actually came the same year as England, so yeah. it happened really fast. But but, but again, it, it's it's something that. Um, you know, I look back and go, wow, okay, I played the Olympics, got to meet, you know, LeBron James and go to the Olympic ceremony and all that stuff. So it's so a really yeah. cool experience. Yeah. And and since then, you've played for Sierra Leone 10 times. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the current captain of um, Sierra Leone national team. Um, it's a, a huge part of my focus, my motivation. Um, I I love it. I want to sort of leave a legacy, if you like. Yeah. And, um I've got a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do, but um, I enjoy it. I really do enjoy the challenge, um, and uh, we, we're currently currently aiming to get into the, the, the Afcon um, in Ivory Coast in January. So we're working towards that. We've got a challenge on our hands, but it's um, it's possible. Is, uh, is is that the um, is that the African Nations Cup or Cup of Nations or yeah. whatever they call it? That's the same one, yeah, is it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, well, again, you know, I mean. It's, it's all part of a fantastic CV when you look at it. And, and OK, I mean, there are not little sort of dodgy bits, but not very much. I mean, mainly it's, it's success all the way, really. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in awe of you to a large extent because I just think back to that session there we were trying to do an interview and like, you were going to go on and play <laughs> for England and play for Liverpool. I mean, God, I, didn't, I just yeah. didn't know what I was doing. I mean, you've got to bear in mind, I was, I was kind of new to football. I mean, I, I, I got the job because I'd... I started publishing a newspaper and we did stories about Town, and I went to see John Fry who was the chairman and yeah. I sort of said to him look you know you've got nobody that does your media do you want somebody and of course he kept me waiting uh-huh. for months and months and eventually he said yeah right you can do the job and I stayed on for 15 years doing it then but and you know I wow. mostly taught myself taught myself how yeah. to do it a lot of the time and we brought out books and videos and all sorts of stuff now it's, it's different now because you've got all your social media and all the rest of it and I don't understand yeah. that I'm thick as a brick when it comes to the social media <laughs> side of things but, but um, yeah. so from Liverpool then um, I mean where were at that time who were you on loan from Queen's Park Rangers presumably yeah yeah right so um, when you finished at Queen's Park Rangers you then went to Dundee yeah yeah Correct, yeah. Um, was that a loan or was that a proper transfer? No, that was that was it. It was just it was just there for to the end of the season. So I was there for about four months. Yeah, yeah. Did you enjoy that? Any good? Was it? Yeah, really good. It was nice actually playing up in Scotland. A good experience. And the boys were great. You know, I'd obviously been at the heights of my career in the Premier League, and then sort of you know going to a smaller club like Dundee. Um, in many ways, you could you could uh, see it's challenging, but I never felt that. I actually felt more at home there I felt like I was back you know around good people and I, I really enjoyed it it was it was it was a fun time yeah yeah um what's the standard like in Scotland compared to well I don't know compared to Liverpool say for example yeah I mean obviously compared to the Premier League I think there's a, there's there's a you know gap in class but I, I would I mean I would, I would say that you know the Rangers and, and Celtic of, of the Scottish Premier League would would uh would, would compete yeah. Uh, I believe they would compete. I think, I think they've shown that in, you know, Rangers certainly, you know, proved that in Europe mm. um, not so long ago. So um, I think that the standards, um, I think basically, 
I, I, I look at it and go, people sort of talk very low of, of Scottish football, but I think that they've done, especially over the last years, I think they've really shown that actually they can more than hold their own. Yeah. So um, uh, I enjoyed it. I mm. gave, gave a great challenge. And of course, uh, John O'Beak has been up there as well, hasn't he? And he's done quite well from what I can yeah. make out. Yeah. You yeah, know, very well. St Mirren, yeah. I think he was that, wasn't he? Yeah, St Mirren, yes, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so <clears throat> at what point, well, we've got to, we've got to 2019, um, mm -hmm. uh, what, how, you know, brought, what brought all this about? Because obviously uh, you, you, you moved abroad. Um, yeah. I take it, this is Turkey, Alan, Alan's poor? Yeah, Alan is poor, yeah, did yeah. four years, four yeah. years in Turkey, yeah. Yeah, um, what was that like? Just, I, need, I needed a fresh start, I mean, I just, it got to the point where no one in football were willing to give me an opportunity yeah. within the, you know, within the, the, the UK, within Europe actually, I mean, yeah. I've approached about seven different teams, all of which have said no, you've got mm. the issue, issue, that issue, we can't yeah. trust you, and uh, it was a, it was a, it was a difficult time. Um, the opportunity then, after six months of training in the woods, came about um, to go and join Landing Sport. It was actually on a trial at the time, but because I, you know, kept myself in in good condition with the training, um, I was able to capitalise on that trial, thankfully, and, um, and and I got got signed. I got signed for for two and a half years, and it just you know, incredible experience. Um, I, I loved it there, um, especially at Lanny Sport. I had a, you know, an apartment on the beach. Uh, it's hot all year round. Um, really good, really good. Really enjoyed it. Just a sort of, and I went there as as a nobody. You know, I, in England, I had a lot of baggage. I had a lot of that Stephen Corker, the the addict. That Stephen Corker, the gambler, the alcoholic. Yeah. Um, I, I went there, and 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 it was a fresh start, and and I needed that, and um, it was beautiful. Uh, yeah. You know, after two and a half years. I had got into the season on 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 two occasions, and um, you know, so that's sort of back to back seasons, and that and that earned me a move to to Fenerbahce, uh, yeah, the biggest the biggest club in Turkey, alongside Galatasaray. And yeah. um, I thought at that point I was back in the big time, but it wasn't to be. A new coach came in, and 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 um, he wanted different players, and, and and things changed. So, yeah, that led me on to to eventually uh, after four years going okay. I've, I've done my time in Turkey. Um, time to come home. More music now. And uh, this time we've got Finesse and somebody called Peel Z, I think it is. And I've been living fast life, but I see it in slow. Oh, no. And you see my lifestyle, I got G's in the tub. See many people they outside where they feed man's oboe. Oh no, I me a standy defender like Joseph Yobo. My girl say she want Netflix and chill, so I chatty get even one. If you fall in love, girl is satin. You go to breakfast, I'm not capping. Can you see dripple? I'm not catching. I'm not faking this, no fugazi. You see these feelings, I'm not catching. I'm a quest and fit, I just want the happiness. If I broke now my business, I'ma show you you go right. All I care for the night. I'm broke now my business. I'm not sure you go right. All I care for the night. 
find the SSC If it be the reason why your baba want to jealous me If you want to take I'm serious how they do to speed No fit to resonate, I'm on a different frequency uh-huh. I don't think it's necessary I'll be done with just somebody that could do like me When I be like Musala coming off the right wing I cut to your defender, you no need to tell me I'm a horse, finesse uh, And you know say me, I'm a snake uh, Now can let I go carry go me, I got money past you if you're not careful. Finesse, you know, send me a mustache. Like, okay, let me carry go. If me, I got money past you if you're not careful. Ah, Well, before we move on from Turkey, I mean, obviously, I can't even pronounce half of these names anyway, but um, yeah. what's the kind of... Is there much of a link between Turkish football and, and European football? Um, well, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say Turkish football is, is, is pretty underrated. I would say that, you know, there is a lot of strong teams there. Um, there is a lot of good individual players. It's just... You know, getting the right system in place. Yeah. Um, you know, things are a little less developed than they are in, in in Europe. So I think that's what probably sets them back a little bit. Yeah. But um, it, it, it's it's uh it's it's a great place to go and play. Um, you know, it's just you have to be accepting that things are done differently. Your salary is not paid on time. Um, month to month, you know, things are late. Things are different. So I, it took a little while to adapt, but um. You know, I was in a situation where one, I had no choice, yeah. and uh, and two, they were giving me a fresh start. So I was accepting of of those little things, and um, you know, overall, reflecting on the four years, I, I enjoyed it. What about from a point of view of personnel? I mean, is there many European players, English players, uh, over in the teams over there? Yeah, I mean, we've got Bright Bright Samuel, who was who left QPR to go for the budget. Now doing really well there. You had Aaron Lennon there for a, for a period of time. Daniel Sturridge for for a bit. Yeah, um, yeah, we had, a, we had a Danny Drinkwater. We had a lot of boys head over from England who, who've gone over there and done well. Um, some done not so well, I guess. Part of that is obviously having to adapt to the culture and just mm-hmm. not being able to do that. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, in terms of Europe, you've got a lot of players, a lot, a lot of players. So you had Falcao, Adebayor, yeah. um, you know, Icardi, a lot of top, top players were playing there. So, yeah, uh, you've got one matter now there, you know, you're... Ex, ex, uh, yeah, Man United. You're, 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 you're ex Man United. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah, he's, he's there currently. So, is he? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, I, I suppose you could perhaps relate, you know, far better than most people to the, the tragedy of these um, earthquakes they've had over there. Exactly. I mean, I was actually living there. So, I was actually living there at that exact place last year. Oh, were you? Uh, oh, um, God. Yeah. 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 So, 
So it's uh, tragic to see what's what's happened and what's taken place there, and and, and see so many people affected by it. Um, yeah, it really, it really is sad to see. Yeah, no, it is. That's right. Um, so um, this point where you had a light bulb moment, I guess, and you thought, no, I'm going to come back to England. How difficult yeah. was it to, um, you know, find a team that was going to take you on? I actually wasn't looking, funny enough. I just, I, 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 I do a lot of work on LinkedIn where I talk about my experiences in, in, in hope that it helps others on, on their journey. And um, I'd shared a post just, just basically on my story and, and kind of how I, you know, what happened in Turkey and, and, and what stage of that in my life where I was heading back. And um, very shortly afterwards, Colo Torre, who I played with at Liverpool, reached out and said, hey, look, I want you to come with him. Um, then I had, you know, Rob Room and, and about seven or eight League One teams on the phone. And I had a decision to make. Uh, obviously, look at the league table, Rob Room and Wigan were both, you know, quite low down the bottom. But, I, you know, I, I was good friends with Colo. I, I love him as a person. I think he's a great guy. And I just wanted to work with someone that I respect. And I felt that, you know, after having sort of that bad experience, sort of Fenerbahce, where a coach has come in because I don't want you and just threw you away, mm. I, I wanted, you know, to go with someone who, sort of, who, I, who I knew was a good person. And yeah. um, so, so that was my, that was it. I, I packed my bags and, 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 and came to Wigan. Um, I got, I think, two weeks working with Colo, and then, uh, and then he was sacked. But um, oh, it's the way from this nowadays. It's people are in and out of jobs. Yeah. Um, and uh, it could be quite unsettling. And, uh, you know, things settled down a bit now? Yeah, things have settled down. We're under Sean Maloney, and um, again, he's come in, he's, he's, he's tried to, you know, change things. He got, you know, a couple of decent results. Um, we're still struggling down the bottom of the table, but, um, you know, we're trying, and, and that's all we can do. Everyone's given 100%, everyone from the staff to the players, we're given 100%, and uh, we hope we will uh, give the fans something to cheer about. Uh, sooner rather than later because uh, time is running out. Now it's time for uh, Stephen's final musical choice and this time we've got Something Inside by Labby Sifri.
something inside so strong, so strong. I know that I can make it. Though you're doing me wrong, so wrong. You thought that my pride was gone. Oh no, something inside so strong. You know, but I mean, what uh, what contributes to the decision of thinking? No, I think I've had enough of this now. I mean, is it just? I mean, you, you've had a pretty sort of uh, colourful career. I mean, but is 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 it just that you know you're getting on a little bit? I mean, what you're now thirty. Yeah, it's turned thirty-one. So yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what offers come in the summer. And um, we will see. I mean, I contracted here until the end of the year, and then and then we will see. But as I said at the moment, I, 
I really do have a job to do here. We're, we're right in the middle of that job. Um, yeah. and, and it's going to take a lot to, 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 you know, to walk away from here with my head held high and it, with a positive ending. So at the moment, it, it, my full, my full focus is on that. Yeah. And, uh, afterwards we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, don't, I, I really don't know. Like, uh, it's not just an answer for the media. I really, really don't know what yeah. I'm going to do. Whether, yeah. I'll, whether I'll play, whether I'll play in England, whether I'll go abroad. I don't yeah. know. We will see. Yeah. Well, Stephen, it's been enlightening to talk to you. And after all these years now, it's, it's good to sort of reminisce about some of the old times at Yeovil. And obviously to hear your, your whole sort of journey, which has been, as I say, colourful to say the least. But uh, at least you're still here. You're still battling away and you're, you're winning. So, you know, from that perspective, you've, you've, you've overcome, you know, a dodgy period in your life. And uh, now, you know, it's all going forward, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, and I, I appreciate you reaching out to me to do the interview. As I said at the, the start, you know, I, I, I have fond memories of, of uh, my time working with you, and I have really fond memories of my time at Yeovil. You know, I, yeah. I, um, I have plans to, to most definitely step into management, and yeah. um, if and when I do that, I would love to make a return to Yeovil. I yeah. just, um, I, I see where they are right now uh, yeah. as a club, and. I think they, it's a club that definitely deserves to be higher up the leagues. And uh, I'm sure they've got a lot of backroom staff there and managers and new owners working hard to, to get them where they should be. Yeah. And um, yeah. well, who, knows, who knows if, um, if our pass will cross again. Yeah, no, well, you never know. You never know. But they're, yeah. certainly, they're certainly working hard to get things going. But it's, it's, it's hard going at the moment. But, um, yeah, Mark, yeah. Coop, Mark Cooper's there, the manager there at the moment, who... Um, yeah. Saw, yeah, he's, yeah, he's been around sort of thing so uh, he's got the job yeah. on his hands at the moment of getting us of, of you know making sure that we we can get through all this and um hopefully we will do you know so um yeah. all i can say mate is it's a it's brilliant to talk to you again after all these years um thanks yeah. for being so honest and so open because you know um maybe maybe not everybody would uh, expect you to be but uh, you have and you know i wish yeah. you and and your family and everybody uh, all the best in the future and you know you just keep going and then I, I should be watching Wigan now and then see how you're getting on all the time until the end of the season thank so, so thank you that's thank you really appreciate it no I really appreciate it thank you very much mate. No, it's good, no. to, good to catch up with you and you mate and you okay, mate, that's lovely well thanks very much yeah. for coming on and um, yeah you have a good evening This is Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a and you've been listening to the In Conversation programme with A.D. Hopper. No space to in this town. Make sure you join us every week here on Three Valleys Radio. Your love is done